A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week on the podcast, we are joined by another one of the class of 2024. An old favourite returns for a chat, and we put your Eurovision knowledge to the test. It's time for the Euro trip. The Euro trip, when I read that, I was immediately thinking of the movie. Do you know the movie? <laughs> Hi, I'm Leanne. Hello, Leanne. Uh, Leanne, are you a Euro trip podcast listener? I am, yes! <laughs> I should say, I met some Eurotrip fans here. I was chatting with people outside the entrance, and they said, oh, are you, are you Bella Fist? And I said, yeah, I know you're from the Eurotrip. What did you have for breakfast? It was last night. I did not have a kebab for breakfast. Queen Lorene, Eurovision winner. Did you ever think you would be back here again? I get goosebumps. No way. Martin Ossadar, Executive Supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. Welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much. Welcome back, I think it is, right? Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week, we're going to be joined by another member of the class of Eurovision 2024. Now, James, I can't remember if we've ever crossed to Albania on the Eurotrip before. Have we ever been to Albania? Oh, that's a great question. I'll consult the spreadsheet and get back to you. (laughs) I don't know if we've ever been to Albania. Anyway, this year they are represented by BESA. Now, Albania, perennial finalists at the Eurovision Song Contest. They always tend to make their way to the grand final, don't they? They did, of course, in 2023. But can BESA get them there in Malmö? The song has just undergone a revamp. At the time that we're recording, we haven't heard the revamp yet. But she talks about it in this interview. And she talks about her childhood growing up in the United Kingdom. She went to school in Kent. And plenty more besides, as well as James, you'll enjoy this. She's got a separate property for stray cats and dogs. Oh, very fun. That's the bit I'm most looking forward to, I must say. Uh, Also on this podcast, uh, it is a welcome return for Dan Shipton. Uh, Of course, he was the lead creative director for Liverpool 2023 and has been creative director for some of the most striking Eurovision performances of recent years. Well, he is back to stage three performances in Malmö and he will reveal which ones they are exclusively to us today. And if there's one thing we know about Dan Shipton, loves a big prop, doesn't he? Loves a big prop. <laughs> he certainly does. And James, have you got your quiz hat on? Oh, I think I do, yes. We'll do a few Eurovision quiz questions on the show today as well. So we've got all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So James, here we are, the middle of a very, very busy week. It feels like the calm before the approaching storm, because things are going to get ravey later in the week, are they not? That is a good way to put it. There's going to be some up-tempo releases over the next few days, isn't there? We'll get into it properly in the news, but Thursday and Friday look heavy. 
Yes, they do. Keep your eyes on your podcast feed on Friday as well, that's all we'll say, because, of course, we are expecting the UK's entry to be revealed on Friday, so we'll be doing our best to cover that and bring that to you here on the podcast, and plenty of reaction, of course, as well. James, I've got a confession to make at the start of today's episode. Oh, no, is it a bad one? Well... It is. If you call yourself a Eurovision fan, (laughs) yes, it is. I might need to hand in my Eurovision fan official membership, I think. Oh, no. What have you done? What have you done? I was on the radio on Friday. I was doing an interview about Eurovision. And Mm. I did the interview, and I thought, oh, that went very well. And then, James, because you're as egotistical as me... I'm sure you then, you know, because you've done loads of of interviews on radio and TV before, do you then go back and either watch or listen to yourself to see how you did? Yes, to see how badly I did, and then I watch or listen and think, oh, well, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, basically that. So I was doing this, and then, in an answer to one of the questions, I said Eurovision, of course, which was founded in 1950. Seven. Seven. Oh, Seven. oh, Rob. Oh. And I was talking this through with my wife, and she was like, what do you want about? No one will notice that. And I was like, if you're a Eurovision fan and you were listening to that, you will have noticed. So if any Eurovision fans heard me interviewed on the radio on Friday and heard me stupidly say that Eurovision started in 1957, I obviously know the right answer. I know it was 1956. <laughs> I don't know why I said it, but I'm sorry. Nice to get the apology out straight away. I bet you there's some people listening going, I heard him on Friday and I was reluctant to press play on the podcast on Wednesday because he clearly doesn't know anything. <laughs> Literally, exactly. Calls himself a Eurovision podcaster. Not a clue. Not a clue. How's, how's, how's your week been in the world of Eurovision? A slightly, slightly quieter weekend? Slightly quieter, although of course I uh, had Melfest Monday on the cards. I know you've stepped back from duties, Rob, <laughs> leaving it with me, but I, I had a, a thoroughly lovely time. Uh, chatting to Natalie from Afton Blardet, uh, as well as Ronnie Larson from uh, QX magazine, who, of course, has been a, a huge part of uh, the Melfest live show. So recorded that on Sunday. Uh, we've had a great response to that on Monday. Uh, two more episodes of Melfest Monday left, and then we're done for the season. I noticed that your uh, Duolingo Swedish has obviously been paying Jews because instead of calling him Ronnie Larson, which obviously yes. the, the rest of us would, <laughs> and I noticed this with some of the artists as well, if they're a Larson, you're calling them a, a Larson? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying my best. You know, I'm trying to fit in a little bit more, hopefully. hopefully. I'm glad you picked up on it. Thank you. Am I right in thinking as well, by the way, that normally of a weekend, I don't know, is it normally of a weekend or is it of a week? You are often a frequent pub quizzer, correct? I am a frequent pub quizzer, yeah. Every every other Wednesday and then one Sunday a month for the music quiz. Yeah, I do love a pub quiz. Oh, there's a special music quiz. There is, and the, the, the quiz master is also a Eurovision fan, so he does often like to squeeze in a Eurovision question here and there. Well, I wanted to talk quizzes with you on the podcast because, James, this is something that we've been wanting to do for a while because I told you, didn't I, that a while back I attended a Eurovision quiz here in London. yes. And before I went, you said, well, why don't you write down some of the questions and then maybe we can do them on the podcast. Mm. And I couldn't find, for the life of me, the questions that I'd written down (laughs) for months. However, I'm pleased to say, I have now found three questions from the quiz. Cue the music. Well, this is exciting. Hopefully I get them right and don't say 1957 instead of 1956 and I don't have to hand back my Eurovision fan membership card. Well, what's funnier about this is actually, while writing down the questions, it uh, turns out that I didn't actually write down the answers. So I will be trying to remind myself what the answers indeed are. Right, so this is this is the first question. And it is, it's like, it's Eurovision tangential. Okay? Okay. Okay. Which member of the girl group The Saturdays provided backing vocals for Ireland in 2006? That's a good question. Uh, Well, I think is one of them not Irish? So I'm going to go for the Irish one, and I think she's called Una. One point. One question, one point. Correct. So Una Healy from The Saturdays did backing vocals for Brian Kennedy. I didn't know that. Question number two. Which Eurovision country's flag... We know Eurovision fans love a flag. Mm. Which Eurovision country's flag, when turned around, 
is the Indonesian flag. Oh, I always get the red and whites the wrong way around. I guess it's Poland or Monaco, isn't it? So, because, only because Poland are still in it and Monaco are not. Well, they may return soon. I'm going to go for Poland. I think the answer was Monaco, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, no! <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I can't remember. And also, as you said, Monaco are no longer in it, so it would make sense if it was Poland. So for that one, James will say, it's either Poland or Monaco. I think it was Monaco, but either Poland or Monaco. So I'll give you, I'll give you half a point. You have one and a half. <laughs> Uh, and should, then, should we at least should we at least f- fact check this? I've just looked up. Indonesia's flag is red on the top, white on the bottom. The flag of Monaco is also red on the top and white on the bottom. The Poland flag is white on the top, red on the bottom. So Poland was the answer. So you do get the point. Yes, wonderful stuff. Two out of two. Uh, and the final one um, to the nearest. I'll give you to the nearest ten thousand in this one. <laughs> right. Uh, and you have been. What, James, is the population of San Marino? Oh dear, I should know this because I was there in the summer, wasn't I? Um, I don't even have a frame of reference. I'm going to say, you said to the nearest 10,000. So let's say, the thing that came to my head immediately was 58,000. But I can't tell if that's too high or too low. So I'm just going to stick with it because it came into my head immediately. Too high. So the answer, the specific answer is that 34,000. Oh, I was going to change my mind to 38,000. Oh, so. yeah. You could have you had the point if that was the case. Two out of three ain't bad. Oh, well, let us know how you did at home. Our spontaneous Eurovision quiz. <laughs> at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're on TikTok and threads. For any emails as well, you can send them over to hello at eurotrippodcast.com. And for our exclusive stories, you can read those over at eurotrippodcast.com. It is now time for all the latest news from the world of Eurovision. I think it's been a fairly quiet seven days. In comparison to the previous week, I think over the last seven days, it has been a little bit quieter. We've had two new songs for 2024 since we last joined you uh, from San Marino and Croatia. So let's hear those. So Rob, we first heard Megara with 11.11 for San Marino and then uh, Baby Lasagna with Rim Tim Taggy Dim for Croatia. (laughs) Which, of course, as is well known now, isn't it, in the Eurovision community, didn't actually originally make the list for Dora this year, which is mad, right? Mad, isn't it? Yeah, he was originally a backup entry, wasn't he, for the competition. And then one of the ones that was on the original shortlist had to pull out or withdrew. So he was then selected. And remarkable that if he wasn't in there to begin with, because in the public vote on Sunday night, he got almost 10 times the amount of public points as the one that got second place with the public vote. So imagine if he wasn't in there, how wide open the vote would have been. Here's a question for you, and I apologise for putting you on the spot again. Who had the bigger margin of victory, the Roop, when they won the selection in Lithuania in 2021, or Baby Lasagna in Dora this year? That is a very good question. Or, for that matter, Carrier, when uh, he won UMK last year, because they were all landslide wins, weren't they? We'll have to to look that up and uh, and fact-check that for next week, but a remarkable win for him. I looked at the odds, and I know you shouldn't at this stage, but, I mean, of course, if you if you are into that sort of thing, uh, we should mention the uh, the Bet Eurovision podcast, which is out there, uh, of course, co-hosted by a friend of the podcast, Ben Robertson. Uh, but, yeah, I was looking at the odds the other day, and after Baby Lasagna's win in Dora, Croatia went up to, like, second favourites. 
remarkable. How good would that be, though? Like Eurovision in Croatia, wouldn't that be nice? You you always say you'd love a you'd love a Balkan Eurovision, a Croatia or a Slovenia or something <sighs> like that. How good would a Baltic Eurovision be? Because it'd be slightly chaotic, it'd be nice and warm, the food would be good, lovely old time. I think it sounded like you said Baltic there, which is very different to Balkan, but yeah, I presume you be, did that mean would Balkan. would be different if I did say Baltic, very different. I mean, I'll be up for that as well. But yeah, Baltic, Balkan, I don't know. I don't discriminate. I'd, I'd go anywhere. <laughs> what about a Eurovision in San Marino? Well, we mentioned Megara won there. And this is a remarkable turn of events, really, because Megara are Spanish and they competed in Benidorm Fest last year. I didn't win, but then went to San Marino and won there. In comparison to Nebulosa, who won Benidorm Fest this year and competed in San Marino's national selection last year. So it's just rules reversed for the two of them. Yeah, I don't really know how that's happened. And if you'd said 12 months ago that that would be the case, I don't think anyone would have, <laughs> would have believed you. I mean, if we turn our attention to what's coming up later on this week, we mentioned the last seven days had been a bit quieter. Very much not the case this week. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, you will have already had the first semi-final in Serbia. And then on Thursday, we've got the second semi-final in Serbia. And we have uh, Switzerland, song and artist announcement. Uh, Joost Kleins, highly anticipated Euro. Mm. Papa is released for the Netherlands, as well as Cilia Capsis's Liar. Uh, that comes on Thursday. And then, James, on Friday, we have, obviously, the big announcement. Colleen and We Will Rave is finally <laughs> officially released, even though we probably all heard it already. But anyway, it's officially released on, uh, on Friday. And, of course, Ollie Alexander will be releasing Dizzy the UK's entry for Eurovision. And then this weekend, we should say as well, we'll find out who's representing Iceland and Serbia. And of course, we will have the final heat, or final semi-final rather, whichever you'd like to call it, in uh, Melody Festival as well. But I imagine there's a lot of you listening out there who are really looking forward to Friday and the release of Ollie Alexander's song. We're going to get the video premiere, aren't we, on BBC One at 22.11 in the evening. But it sounds like uh, we're going to get the first play of it on uh, Zoe Ball's Breakfast Show on Radio 2. We certainly are. So not long to wait. And then we can all do our favourite thing of trying to predict how well or badly the UK will do at Eurovision. And we'll do that between now and the 11th of May. Despite the fact that none of us know. <laughs> Which is always, always, always a fun thing. Classic Eurovision fan behaviour, yes. Uh, anyway, speaking of artists for 2024, shall we welcome another one onto the podcast this week? Yes, shall we do that? Obviously, coming up a bit later on, we've got Dan Shipton, Eurovision creative director extraordinaire, giving us the exclusive on the countries that he will be working with in 2024. But let's now hear from Bessa. We mentioned this at the start of the podcast. I don't think we have crossed to Albania on the podcast before. So let's do that now. Uh, she's the second of the class of 2024 to join us on the podcast. We spoke to Aiko from Czechia a few weeks back. But Bessa, of course, representing Albania, having won the right to do so, having, of course, not won Festival of Kengas, but having won the public vote to represent Albania. In this chat, we talk about the highly anticipated revamp of her song. We now know that she'll be singing in English at the Eurovision Song Contest, so so she will talk about the decision behind that. And James, I've also mentioned this already, you will hear her talk of her stray cats and dogs and how she uses (laughs) them as a bit of a stress reliever. And also she talks about her mum and her uncle who potentially has a very, very long road trip on his hands to get to Malmö to watch her perform at Eurovision. But here's what happened when we caught up. Bessa, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you for having me. How are you? I imagine we're talking in February, very, very busy. I know. Uh, I It's just a very, very busy period because we have the deadlines that we need to hand everything in. So, yeah, we're trying to do everything we can as best as we can. So everybody's happy. And, of course, there is the revamp of the song, which, of course, I will I will ask you about later on, which is very, very exciting. But you must be very, very excited because... What are we, less than three months away from you heading to Malmo now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm very excited, but also because we're still in the process of of preparing everything. 
And so uh, I cannot hide that I'm also stressed because I want everything to be as perfect as possible. So, yeah, so it's a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> do, do you have any techniques to ease the stress, to relax? I don't know what that might be, whether it's going for a long oh, walk, no. whether it, whether it's, I don't know whether you've got pets or anything like that. Do you have any like, techniques oh. to try and get the stress down? Are you so right? Absolutely. I mean, I have... Uh, three cats and I have six stray dogs that I have in another property of mine that I take care of and so they help me a lot to deal with stress but also you know sometimes it's just boring to say but I just love at the evening when everything is done just to rest and do nothing <laughs> I try to take a little bit of time off before I go to bed just to reflect on the days and what we've done and what we could do better in all the processes because I feel like maybe March is going to be a little bit easier because most of the uh, like the song, the music video and the performance will all have taken place, will all have been created and so yeah, that might be a better time to enjoy it. And as you say, after March, things are going to get busier again, because I know you've already announced lots of your plans between now and Eurovision, which again, we'll, we'll talk about shortly. Bessa, tell, tell our audience more about you and about yourself, because I was reading up a little bit about you before, obviously, talking. And I'm all right in thinking that you, you lived here in the UK for a bit as well? Yes, I went to high school in the UK. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Where, 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 whereabouts? In Kent. Okay. <laughs> uh, then I came back to Albania and I started making music because that was always, that, that slept within me, always is my desire. And that's when um, I started, I made my first album and put out my first singles and it went really well. And so from there, it just, uh, it kept rolling and rolling. I started working lots, taking play, um, competing in a lot of music festivals, did many collaborations, many singles. I was um, fortunate to also be uh, awarded a, a lot of the times in my in the competitions that I took part in. So I did. I tried to, to do my best for many years in music and. Uh, then I went to France and then we, we made a project there. Uh, I was hooked up with a, with a management in there. And so we did an album. It hasn't been released yet. And so that is kind of exciting for the future. And um, yeah, I mean, a lot, <laughs> a lot of years, a lot of songs. <laughs> how, how do you get your head around so many different languages I suppose this this is me asking as as an English person and for English people I feel like we have it so easy because people learn English and we can be very lazy and, and not necessarily have to learn other people's languages even though we definitely should but you obviously speak Albanian you speak English you speak French like how, how do you get your head around so many different languages yeah. I to be honest I really really like languages because I don't feel like languages are just, when you learn another language, it's not just a mean of communication. You start, your brain starts working a little bit differently because you start getting within the culture, the way of thinking. I think the language in many, for, in many ways, it shapes our thoughts. It gets us into the core of, of a, a country. And I, I, I really, really love different cultures. I love different languages. And so for me, it's exciting, really. I, you know, I get bored very easily if I do the same thing or, you know, within some limits. I like to experiment a lot. What, give, given what you've said about English, does that give us any hints about what you might be doing with your song? Oh, or, uh... <laughs> or, or can you not tell me? Yes, yes, I will tell you. I will tell you. Because uh, I know it is risky. I mean, in terms of, if you look at Eurovision, uh, of course, it is easier if you compete within a smaller group of uh, ethnic, in a way, just 
stand out languages. But um, but yes, I've chosen English to 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 be the revamp of the song because I think uh, the message, the the way the song has transformed, and the message. I would like it to be universal and I would like it for English people or people from other countries to understand better and to feel more connected. Have you had a chance to, to listen to any of the other entries this year or to oh, check yeah. out any, oh, yeah. anybody else? I mean, who are you loving at the moment? I, re I really like Slimane, uh, the, the French song. I like Italy. Uh, I liked the vibe. It was, a, it was an entertaining vibe. I liked Windows 95. I mean, how can you not? It's just <laughs> entertaining on stage. It's, it's you know, so no rules and then all of that. Besser, I'm going to ask you a really weird question. I'm going to say something and you're going to be like, why have you said that? Can I ask you about your mum? Okay. <laughs> now, when I was on your Instagram earlier before this interview, I saw that your mum is also on Instagram and it is my favourite thing. Oh. You, you and your mum on Instagram are one of my favourite things. You're, you're adorable. Oh my god, yeah, my mom is adorable and she's like, she's very supportive, so obviously, because moms are, <laughs> you know, and she's really sweet, but she's also really intelligent, she's critical also, like, you know, she hear, heard like so many versions of the revamp, her and dad would be like this or that, us, us professionals, but our opinion is this and that, they're really, really concerned, like, you know, excited for me, but also worried. They want me to do the best. So, yeah, it's parents are. I really love my parents. Like, my parents are exceptional. Not because they're my parents, but also all parents. I think most parents are exceptional. So I'm lucky to have them. And and will they get the opportunity to, to come to Malmö? Will they be there? Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? I think my uncle will come to Malmö. The minute I won, is like... Can you tell me when this will be held? Because I'll just drive to Malmo. For some reason, he won't fly because he's so scared. Like once he had an incident and since then, never again. And so, yeah, it will be exciting if they if they do. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I get more emotional when my parents are where I'm singing. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, you are you're going to have such an exciting time, hopefully, between now and and Malmo, and hopefully we can we can catch up when when you're there as well. So it'd be great to to catch up again. Oh, thank you, and I love I love your accent. Like British <laughs> accent is just music. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Rob. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. Welcome back to the Eurotrip 
podcast. A big thanks to Bessa, who who we just heard from before the break. There, uh, very very excited to uh, to see her on stage in Malmo. But more interested in that stray cats and dogs home that she's uh, that she's always on about. Well, I'll tell you what I'm more interested in. You heard at the the end of the interview just before we went into the break. There, uh, Bessa was saying that she's a uh, she's a big fan of the British accent. So. Uh... Don't know, you might see me and Bessa going for dinner in Malmö. <laughs> Does your wife know? Uh, I was going to say, if my wife's listening, you won't see that at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she loves a British accent as Bessa. So uh, if you see her, maybe at the London Eurovision party, she'll be very overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to dig you out of this hole, Rob, about you trying to go on a date with another woman while you uh, <laughs> while you leave your wife at home uh, in May this year. Uh, because we've had some more submissions for Eurovision Songs in the Wild. I feel like there almost needs to be a Eurovision Songs in the Wild siren at this point, but <laughs> this is very exciting. Eurovision Songs in the Wild, you know what they are by now, but this is when you hear a Eurovision song somewhere that you were least expecting it. Well, we've had uh, another handful of submissions over the last seven days, so I've picked out a few of them. Uh, so thanks to Chris, who got in touch and said, last night in a cocktail bar in Echo Park, Los Angeles. Love it, very showbiz. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, he says, my ears pricked up and they were playing uh, Daddy Frey's Think About Things, which I think is probably a one you might get out in the wild quite often because yeah. it became, became yeah, such yeah. a hit. Yeah. Uh, similarly as well, Alan got in touch and said, uh, I'm currently in WH Smith in Gatwick Airport and Love Shine a Light by Katrina and the Waves is playing. Did you, uh, did you then see my very witty reply to Alan? I did, yeah. You, you did a, a Linda Martin reference, didn't you? <laughs> I said, shame Gatwick doesn't have a Terminal 3, Alan. Did you fact-check that? I've only been to Gatwick once. Does it not have a Terminal uh, 3? Uh, no, it doesn't. i tell you what Gatwick does have. Uh, it has a North Terminal and a South Terminal. They're not even numbered. And a really dirty ceiling, from what I remember. Really dirty ceiling. Yeah, yeah really mm. dirty ceiling. And a monorail. Uh, does it? It does, yeah. yeah. Wow, Interesting. Uh, and then also, <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it interesting? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Just a filler to get me to the next one. If you are flying to Malmo from Gatwick, I mean, you're probably not flying to Malmo, are you? If you're flying to Copenhagen or Stockholm from Gatwick, check out the monorail and have a look at the ceiling. Mm. <laughs> Let us know. Do you think it's dirty, or have they improved? Have they cleaned? Uh, anyway, thanks to Aaron as well, uh, who said, "I heard Barbara Pravi with voila." in a charity shop in Brentwood in Essex this week. Uh, I made my husband stop and listen to the entire song. Here's to the ones who support our madness. Yeah, here, here. Here's to the ones that support our madness. But, uh, yeah, that's quite intense, though, isn't it, for a charity shop? Just, voila. It's quite mm. a, quite a, an all-in song. It's not very passive. It must have been a Eurovision fan who selected that playlist. There's no way that's just going to come on by uh, by mistake or, 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 or on shuffle, is there? No way. No, not at all. Well, thank you very much for all of your Eurovision in the Wild suggestions, and uh, we would very gladly have some more of those if you want to. Uh, probably best for them, either Twitter or email. So at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, or the email is, of course, hello at EuroTripPodcast.com. And while I'm talking about all this as well, I should mention our Buy Me A Coffee. If you would like to donate to help support us here on the podcast, we would be very, very grateful, especially in a week where you are likely to get three episodes from us this week. You're really working us hard. Then you can do that over on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Eurotrip podcast. Now then, shall we welcome back the one and only Dan Shipton to the Eurotrip? Yes, we should. I love that man. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else after that. It was just very no, no, abrupt. No, no, just love him. <laughs> You're trying to leave your wife for everybody this week by the side of things. I Are you interested? <laughs> what, me or somebody listening at home? Who oh, anyone. Uh, anybody. anybody. My mobile number uh, is O double. No, carry on. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the last time I spoke to Dan, actually. I think it might have been before junior in 2022. So when he was out there uh, doing the staging for Freya Sky. I know you and uh, Dan have caught up a few times since then. He gave us a, a brilliant insight, didn't he, into his role uh, at Liverpool when he was the lead creative director for Eurovision. So effectively, he was in charge of all of the interval acts and how they all looked on stage uh, and all that sort of thing. He did a, a mighty impressive job. And in the past, he's been the creative director for so many of your favourite Eurovision performances, I guess most notably recently uh, for Sam Ryder's staging of Spaceman back in uh, 2022 in Turin. 
Well, this year, he is back. He is going to be uh, the creative director for three performances in Malmö. And today, he is going to exclusively reveal them to us, which is very, very exciting. So this is what happened when I caught up with Dan a few days ago. Dan Shipton, welcome back to the Eurotrip. How are you? Nice to see you, James. It's lovely to be back. Nice to have you again. Um, probably at a time we weren't necessarily expecting to chat to you because, you know, last year you were insanely busy. This year, uh, not not so busy as uh, as last year. Yeah, we've gone from, um, you know, lead creative director for um, Liverpool and before that, you know, doing seven or eight countries a year. But this year, um, me and my husband have got our little baby due on the 15th of May. So we're purposefully scaling back our Eurovision options just to focus on a few countries. Um, But obviously we're going to be probably in a hospital suite somewhere when maybe watching Eurovision from, um, you know, from our baby's bed. I don't know. (laughs) It's such inconvenient timing, isn't it? How dare our little one come along? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we have a, a, a brief chat then about about this year going forward? Then you've mentioned in the past you've done seven or eight or nine countries in, in different years. This year you've got three, three quite different songs, three different countries, um, but three very exciting ones to say the least. Yeah, so this year um, uh, we're partnering, obviously, with Marvin Dietman, who we always work with um, on our creatives. And we have got Austria, we've got Germany and we have got Cyprus, um, which feel like we're we're really excited about them. And um, we are really close with those teams. And obviously, Marvin's very close with Colleen because um, they're married um, for Austria. So um, we wanted to be a part of those ones. um, And we've turned a lot of other countries down um, just to be able to focus on our family time um but we can't not have some involvement in eurovision um because it's our passion it's our it's our love and we love to have you there as well obviously you had such a crucial part last year uh, and it's exciting that we're still gonna see some dan shipton involvement this year austria we'll touch on first because that's probably the most exciting one because you're working with marvin again who you've worked with a lot in the past and that is his wife so obviously it was a it was a no-brainer to get involved with that one right yeah, we've known um, Colleen, obviously, for years as friends, and she's played a part in Eurovision, um, being stand-in rehearsals, working on junior Eurovision. She knows that scene really well. She's an amazing choreographer herself. She's an amazing dancer. Um, and she's always been this amazing vocalist. But it's amazing that she's now been chosen by um, Austria to represent the country. The song is an absolute banger. Um, I believe it's written by some songwriters that have Lorene's connections. Yes, that is right. Before. Yeah. You know, it's got all the really good ingredients. She's amazing. Her vocal is outstanding. Her performance ability and her dance choreography um, is absolutely amazing. The song is an absolute belter. You can't not sing it afterwards. And it also, from a genre point of view, it's called Rave. It feels different um, to what you would expect of the average Eurovision song. So I think I always like, you know, what's your USP? Well, that's definitely something for that one. So yeah, the ingredients are going to be really, really exciting. And what we've got planned and what we're starting to really kind of get into in the nuts and bolts now um, is really exciting. Have you seen her stand rehearsal from 2018 when she did Fuego? Have you ever seen that before? I have. I've because obviously we've we've all sat around the dinner table um for years and watched Eurovision together and got drunk and so I've seen all that stuff and I absolutely love it. That's why you know the the kind of knowledge of Eurovision and that history there and that ability is all there. So it, there's it's a lot, you know, there's a lot of positives um in that feeling and and I think when we put all of that into the melting pot plus our creativity plus you know our choreographer is a very um, special choreographer it can only be a, a positive in a, in a really really good way and i don't think you know that you know you always worry about taking artists to eurovision that um haven't got necessarily the pedigree that she's got and that kind of and and they might get phased by it and you, you have to do a lot of talking about this is the process it's gonna be fine well she knows all of that she's been through it a million times so colleen is obviously very experienced then you're going to work with cyprus so this is celia capsis and she is I don't want to say she's not experienced, but she's just a lot younger, obviously. So she hasn't got as much experience. But Lux, very confident, very talented. You'll have heard the song. You'll have seen her perform as well. So is such a, a lovely, lovely woman. And she is so talented and so... I mean, yeah, the song is fantastic. Um, when the team sent it to me, 
I played it because you always listen and you think, oh, my God, please don't let this be bad because I'll have to say it's good anyway. But I genuinely listened, played it, played it again, played it a third time. And then I was just so into it. And it is a really, really cracking track. Um, she, as a performer, is amazing. She is vocal is incredible. Performance ability, dance amazing choreography is great um what we've got planned for it is great so again um it's another um standout potential um and i love it you're not going to tell us what you've got planned though are you it's all a secret for a little while longer we've got to tell ebu first we've got to tell malmo first we haven't even you know, we haven't even got to look and feels yet so when uh, we'll touch on germany in a second but when is that deadline when do you actually have to sign all the documents off and say right there you go the 11th of march is when we submit something like that um so we've still got another 20 days to kind of work all of those through um and it's interesting because no matter how much you want to start early, there's still a process that you have to go through with all of the different delegations, all of the different artists. They're going through a process of discovery. They're learning about themselves. They're shooting a music video. They're we're learning about the stage and the and the things that you know the organisers are sending us, and all of that obviously impacts on how you develop your performance. So we're at that kind of exciting, crucial moment where we're just kind of getting tighter on turning that wheel tighter and kind of locking things down with all our different acts now you've seen the stage or at least the renders of the stage for malma as a creative what 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 were your initial thoughts when you saw that stage because it's a bit of a beast isn't it i think anything florian designs is obviously amazing and you know he's he comes from eurovision history so he's got all of that um knowledge and, and i think it's going to be beautiful um i think well, we've seen with Melody Festival and, you know, they're always, their delivery of a performance is also always so slick. Um, everything about that will be amazing. So I think, I, I mean, I think it's really exciting. I think um, having the audience all around is great. Um, I think the cross will force people down potentially a very similar route with the staging, because I think that's just natural so i think it's up to us as creatives that are coming in to kind of work out how to make sure it feels different and second guess what the the kind of norm might be so we can make sure we're doing something different um but that's what we do every time you know but i think it's 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 got loads of potential and i you know i love all the flown parts and i love all the different options that we've got so yeah it's, it's exciting to create on it and do you think you have learned more about the role or do you think you've learned more about yourself because of what your job was last year to oversee the entire creative of the entire contest? So now you've got all that knowledge going into individual performances. Do you feel like you've learned more? I agree. I would definitely say that. And I think it's really interesting being having been on the receiving end, as it were, to all of the different creatives and how it, it all started, I suppose, when... when um, I left the UK in the um, <clears throat> James Newman, <clears throat> Michael Rice years um, and didn't do those ones and partnered with Marvin and then started doing multiple countries. It was really interesting at that point to see how the different delegations approached the same brief, essentially. Um, and then that started to feed into how we would approach the wider picture. And then I think now we'd always had Marvin who'd sat on the um, the kind of organising side for a while after Austria. So his information came in and I think now having been on the, you know, being in Liverpool on the kind of the organising side, feeding that into how we operate is also really, really interesting. I want to touch on Germany because you are going to stage uh, Isaac's uh, performance. You're going to do the creative for that. Was that an interesting one to say yes to? Because recently Germany has been on a, on a tricky run, perhaps similar to what the UK was four or five years ago. So in a way, is it difficult to say yes to, to a, a country like that? Well, um, you know, I said yes to doing Electro Velvet back in the day. True. So uh, not comparing Isaac to them, but I feel like I've been there through the tough times with the UK. Um, and I can remember people saying to me, it's bad for your career. You shouldn't be doing this. Don't do it. Um, and that was for people in the industry and people, family members and things like that. Um, and having stuck through it, look what we have done. We've managed to change the face of um British United Kingdom Eurovision and we're on a, you know a massively upwards trajectory now um and I feel like personally that Germany is exactly there they've got such a um a 
drive to do um more they really are passionate about it the team that um uh sit on the kind of broadcaster side want it so bad um and obviously they are part of the you know the big five and they want to be you know i feel like at the moment the united kingdom italy well everyone in the big five are making waves um i think france has started to had some really good years and is slightly you know who knows with france but i think with um germany they aren't they're probably where we were a couple of years ago and i think isaac is a really um interesting choice i think his I, funny enough, I've just got off a call with Germany and I, I felt like his um, grand final performance on their selection show wasn't right. I felt like it wasn't authentic to him as this amazing street performer. And I didn't feel like the whole package um, at all represented the man that he is. But when I was listening to the Eurovision playlist in the gym this morning, and I listened to every song that's been released in order it stands out and it is, and I genuinely, I, I don't think it deserves all the criticism, um, but I understand why. I understand why when you see that grand final performance that is getting the kind of James Newman comparisons, you know, he's a larger guy with um, a, a sense of style that didn't necessarily hit the money, I think, in the grand final performance um, and all the graphics and everything weren't quite right. And I think it's up to us now to go, well, actually, he's a great performer. He does have a cool look when you see him every day he has got amazing um vocal ability the song is actually good um and it's now up to us to make sure that that translates and we've got you know i think if we can get it right we've got every chance to um get germany way further up the board than they have been and did you say yes to germany before he'd been selected or was it afterwards what was that process we'd said yes before but certainly weren't um disappointed when he did get selected i think um like i say i've read a lot of um unfair negativity um on social media and um i feel like actually with the potential we have when we're making we're making plans for isaac now we are we we're, we're there we're with him we want to listen to him and we want to draw out that authenticity of what he is as an artist and actually I think people should forget what they've seen so far and start thinking about the amazing performer that he is. One place we will not see you this year, Dan, is uh, with the UK, with the BBC, uh, which is a shame. I must say, it's, it's a bit of a shame. Um, we spoke to Lee uh, Smithers at the start of January, and I said, what did uh, what did Dan say when uh, when you told him he wasn't working with, uh, with the UK this year? He was very, very coy, he didn't really say much. So what did you say when uh, you found out you weren't working with them? Well, look, I mean, obviously I've been a part of Team UK for a long time, but we always knew that um, when Ollie was selected, he would come with his own creative team. So I've known that Ollie was potentially on the list for a very long time. And so there was no real surprise. And actually, um, you know, it works out um, well that we're not even able to be in Malmo this year because obviously our little one's on the way. So we wouldn't necessarily been able to give it the full focus anyway, but also irrespective of all of that, um, Theo Adams, who is going to be doing the creative um, is a friend and we've known each other for years. We've connected on Ploma Faith and we've connected over Eurovision and we've connected over um, so much. And he is so right for Ollie and, and will do such a fantastic job. It would be wrong for me to think that we're the only people that can do Team UK and we have that, you know, between him and between Lee and between a great performance from Ollie. Um, it's a really exciting year for um, the United Kingdom. So all I can do is obviously, you know, I'm still very much a Brit and I'm very much proud of what we've done. And I just want that legacy to continue. And I feel like with Ollie and um, with him being picked this year, it's the the next kind of positive stepping stone in the direction that we want to be going in um, as the United Kingdom. And I think that's what we've got to be thinking about. I think, you know, it opens up Radio 1, it opens up um, so much potential for more collaborations with record labels. Um, and, I, and I personally think that um, star power is irrelevant at Eurovision, unless it probably comes from a sense of authentic Eurovision star power, because I think obviously Lorene came in last year with quite a lot of power and, and obviously won. But I actually think when it comes down to votes, it's all about a great performance with a great vocal. And it's a song competition at the end of the day. So 
I'm all about um, championing, championing that. And I think if um, it's it's only going to be a positive this year, um, wherever we and wherever we end up coming. And I know there's been so much hype, and I think Lee and the team have played an absolute blinder with the. The, the the releases and all the kind of little like strictly announcements and all those things it's been absolutely amazing to see and i'm just so excited to see um the performance on the night and with ollie it's definitely a great stepping stone isn't it for the future you know whatever his result may well be it's a great calling card for the bbc for the future to be able to say look ollie alexander he's uh he's been in the charts he's willing to go to eurovision so going forward for them it's a great calling card it's a great stepping stone nonetheless you know, having sat around the table at the BBC and talked about all of these things, even though we hosted last year, there is still a massive desire to win. And there is that that hasn't gone away. And I and I feel like we're um, getting all of the ingredients right. Um, and so there's so, so it won't be long until we do host again i'm absolutely positive of that um but obviously it would be nice to be hosting um because we've actually come first and and um that's an exciting prospect so i think ollie doing it this year um is an absolute perfect stepping stone towards that um that win and obviously if if we brought it home this year that's truly exciting but even if we don't um, I don't think it matters because I think actually we think we've got to think about the long term goal and the bigger picture. And the long term goal is it'll be back in the UK in the next few years. Great to be optimistic. Absolutely, Dan. I love it. I love it. Well, the irony is I don't even feel optimistic. I just feel like it's a it's a destined like we're it's, it, we're destined to do it. I feel like we're the ducks are aligning, and I actually feel like the ducks are aligning for all of the big five um and i think it's exciting that suddenly you know when i when i joined back though how many years ago it was now um the the big five were kind of not really a thing anymore and then all of a sudden um we're now getting it right and i, I think that's a really exciting place to be and i think but i think it's also you see you can see so many other countries that are knocking on the door finland obviously did so well last year they've got an amazing track this year really interesting performance it's being talked about norway are doing really really great it's so nice to see croatia coming up i'm such a fan of italian music you know we did marco's performance last year we've worked with marco um for a few years now as his creative direction um team and italian music is so great so again it would be nice to see another win for those guys I, I, I'm, it's, it's just nice to see other countries coming up through the through the ranks you can hear the passion coming through so the countries that do have you this year even though it's only a few are very lucky to have you dan and uh, we are lucky to have you as well so thanks for coming on the pod this week uh, lovely to chat and uh, best of luck for eurovision this year lovely to chat see you soon i said it before the start of the interview james i love that man Again, not going to expand. Just leave it at that. You just, just love him. Tell me that you, listening, wherever you're listening, didn't really enjoy that conversation. I mean, James, you, you know, obviously played your part. Some lovely questions from you. <laughs> but we are so lucky that Dan seems very willing, keen and available to appear on the podcast because he gave us the exclusive there, didn't he? Working with, with Germany, with Austria and what's the other one, James? Cyprus, of course. So not working with the UK in 2024, but working with those three countries. As you said, all very, very different entries. And also, uh, congratulations to Dan and his husband, of course, for their uh, for their arrival uh, coming May 2024. Uh, very inconvenient timing. Do you remember <laughs> his, his first kid was born uh, just on the eve or just after junior year in 2022? So it doesn't time them well, does it? <laughs> I was about to say something about if you work nine months back from a Eurovision event, but we should probably carry on. <laughs> uh, carry on into the one second song. Uh, of course, this is how we wrap up every episode. Uh, each week we take in turns, Rob and I, to play each other the very first second of a Eurovision song. And we simply have to guess who it is, what song it is, which country it represented and which year it took part in Eurovision. Absolutely. So it is me to guess this week to try and claw back some points because, James, the score is currently... 14-8 uh, to me. So across this series, I've got 14 points. You've got eight, but you do have a chance to claw some of those points back. Okay, well, for the first time then, for me and all of you listening, here's this week's One Second Song. Uh, possibly some points. Don't know how many. That's what, that's what I'll say to that. I think, I was going to say, I think it sounds reasonably familiar. Uh, so I think you might be able to get something. Let's have it one more time. 
Okay. Okay. I'm going to say some things and we'll see what happens. How many points do you think you're going to get? I'm going to say that it was... I'm not sure about, I'm not sure about a lot of this. I think it was <laughs> Albania. So I think that's hmm. Albania. I think it's... Uh, I'm going to get 18. Uh, Albania 2018. Was it Eugent Bushpepper? And I've, uh, I've, I've forgotten the name of the song. Go on, I'm going to push you for a name. Come on. Is it like Mal or something like that? Why did I push you? Because now you just got four points. Yay! <laughs> Why did you give me the chance? I don't know. Why didn't I just leave it at that? Oh, well done. That Very was well a, done. That was a proper toss of the coin 2018, 2019. So 2018? Oh, very good. Oh, well, let's have a listen. Yes, impressive work. I'm very impressed. I don't know why I pushed you for that fourth, uh, fourth answer, but you've ended up getting four points and you've closed the gap. To fourteen twelve, uh, presumably James, because you've picked the one second song this week, that means that the listeners won't have to endure a very long explanation as to why you picked that song this week, which I normally give at this point, uh, and you picked that song because obviously we talked about Albania on the podcast today. We talked about Albania, and I remember that I had to do the one second song. Although you messaged me at about eight o'clock this morning saying, "Don't forget, it's you on one second song," I uh, only remembered five minutes before we were scheduled to record, so I had to quickly come up with something. But yes, it was because we spoke about Albania, but also because I mentioned Colleen's standing performance of uh, Fuego in 2018. Uh, so I just picked the Albanian entry in that year. It was very last minute. It was very last minute. I hope we get Colleen on a podcast between now and Malma because that woman must have countless Eurovision stories. The number of things that she has done at Eurovision. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get her on the podcast between now and Malma. But very pleased about the score there, James, in the one second song. So that now means that I have closed the gap and only two points behind, I think, now. Yes, indeed, but I will have a chance to extend it uh, next week. I'd love to play along at home, by the way, because obviously you get to play along every single week, so your scores are probably double whatever ours are, and based on some of our poor knowledge week to week, maybe treble the (laughs) the amount of points we've got. So uh, do let us know how you get on uh, with the one-second song. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely we would, because you will hear from us very soon. Of course, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the day the episode is dropped, then you can expect to hear from us again at some point, not sure when, at some point on Friday, because we've already mentioned it, but the United Kingdom will be revealing their entry for Eurovision this Friday, the 1st of March. Ollie Alexander will be singing Dizzy, and we'll be talking about it here on the Eurotrip. Yes, so until we join you again, don't forget you can keep in touch with us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can send us an email, hello at EurotripPodcast.com. You can read all of our exclusive stories over on EurotripPodcast.com. And as well, if you'd like to support us and donate us uh, a few pounds or so, if you'd like to, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Eurotrip Podcast. As well, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. For me, James, it's goodbye. And for me, Rob, it's goodbye. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. 
So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>